Thank you, Wendy. If you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. We're continuing our study of the Ten Commandments and come to the day that our children and teenagers have looked forward to since we began this series. As we read in Exodus, chapter 20, that we are to honor your mother and father as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and may go well with you in the land in which your Lord your God gives you. That's actually the Deuteronomy version of that. But the one we're looking at today is honoring your father and your mother. And uh, really asking the question, well, how do we do that today? What does that look like today? What does that uh, feel like today? And to get a sense of what some of you thought of that, we asked some of the young people in our church what they thought it meant to honor your father and your mother. And so we ready to go. To do what they say. It means to do what they say when they ask you to do it. Um, to listen to them. Um, do what they say when they ask. What? To listen to them and do what they say. I can help write the leash. Put my put my put my clothes up. Babysitting my brothers when they need someone to watch them. Like at night when it's really late, when my mom gets home and she's like, "When do you go out and walk the dog?" And I really don't feel like it. I walk the dog. My favorite pattern is the dishwasher. By washing the dishes. That's good. Anything else? I love cats. <laughs> Get home when they tell you to. Okay. Stay out past midnight. Take care of my cat. I wash the dishes. When my mom tells me to pick up my socks in the living room because I have a habit of leaving my socks in there, I pick them up because that's her pet peeve. And I wake up early and sit with my dad and watch cartoons. Uh, hug them and kiss them when they want you to and pick up after yourself. All right, so those are some good ideas, right? Some ways to honor and love, respect your father and your mother. Uh, uh, ways that we can do that. But I want to ask the question is, what does that look like in our world? What, what does it mean? Why was it given? And what does it look like in our world? And so this morning we're going to journey through that commandment a little bit. I want you just to walk with me almost word by word through the first part of that. And then we're going to ask, well, who is this commandment written for? What does it look like? In our lives. And the first thing we want to see is that the world today is not that different than it's always been. I mean, we get this sense sometimes that uh, the world is catering to young people more and more. Um, When television advertisers are trying to figure out what programs they're going to advertise on, they want to know what the demographic is going to watch. And the demographic, which I'm proud to say I'm still a part of, although. I'm toward the end of it, is the 18 to 39-year-old. That's what they want to know. Uh, Music executives, when they pick out a song that they want to sell, they don't care anything about anybody over the age of 25. They only care below 25 if they will listen to it or not because those are the people that buy the music. And so you get this culture where we're catering to younger and younger people. Um, But it's not that different than it's been. Uh, I read this this week written by somebody. It says, Uh, This is a man complaining and writing. 
Youth today have luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people. They talk nonsense when they should be working. Young people do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents. They talk too much in company, and they tyrannize their elders. Anybody have a clue who wrote that? Socrates. 400 years before Christ. Now, it sounds like it could have been written by some of you in this room, right? Some of you uh, older generation, you feel like you could have written that. But it's been that way for a long, long time. And that's perhaps why this commandment is where it is. The truth is the Ten Commandments are really divided into two sections. You have the first four and you have the second six. But the fifth one is really a transitional element from one stage to another. The first four are about how we relate to God, about uh, loving God, about uh, worshiping Him, about how we're to do that, about doing that on a special day, about setting aside time for Him. And then when you get to the fifth one, it begins to transition into how we treat each other. And I think it is important that the first relationship that it addresses is our family relationship. The first relationship that it addresses is a family relationship. Now, throughout Scripture, honoring your parents is a serious deal. In fact, some of the most stern uh, warnings are for those people that don't honor their parents. Listen to this in Deuteronomy. If any man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he will not listen to them, then this father and mother shall seize him. I like that word. They shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of the city and to the gateway of his hometown. Then all the men of the city. Don't you love how they're involving the community? It takes a village to raise a child, right? They bring him to the front of the city and there they shall stone him to death. Now, some of you that get concerned about being grounded for a couple of days, all right? You could be dragged to the city gate and stoned to death. Here's why. Then all of the men shall stone him to death, so you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear it and fear it. I believe, you know, you've seen those, uh, those uh, uh, Bible verses and stuff they put up on walls. Now it looks like you hand paint them. You know what I'm talking about? We have one in our house. I believe that this passage would be a brilliant one to put up in children's rooms. Right? I'm sure they could sell a lot of those. You put them up and just anytime they misbehave, just point them to the wall. All right? It's a serious offense. It's pretty sobering to realize that they took it that seriously. And the question is, well, why did they take it that seriously? Why is honoring your mother and father so important? You remember, this was a group of people that had just come out of Egypt. And coming out of Egypt, what God wanted them to do was to learn how to live. And what he wanted them to understand is that if you want any kind of authority or structure in your society, you must first have authority and structure in your families. And that the first church you will ever attend is your family. The first hospital you will ever go to is your family. The first school you will ever be a part of is your family. It is in that place that you learn about life. It is the primary relationship 
that you have for the first several years of your life. Now, when a man and a woman marry each other, then that relationship becomes primary. It becomes the relationship that you are to be about. But here's the thing. Most of us don't get married at the age of 10. All right? Anybody here married by the age of 10? All right? 18, 19, anybody about 18 or 19? A couple of people, all right? But usually not much younger than that. The point is, for those first formative years, the primary relationship you have is between you and your parents. And what we have to understand is that what God is doing in setting forth this command is saying this is the basics of how life ought to be structured. Remember we talked about a few weeks ago that the reason these commandments were given were not just to be a set of rules, but they were to be guidelines to free them to live life to the most abundant they could. And what he's saying is the best way to live is to honor your parents. The absolute best way to live is to honor your parents. In fact, if you were to take these Ten Commandments and you were to list them one through ten and you were to say, here are the principles behind each one, what God is saying is the absolute best way to live your life is to live by these ten words. They're foundational. They are the basis of everything else that you can do in life. That's why we've decided to spend ten weeks on it. You know, uh, I was looking back. This is the longest series of sermons I've ever preached. The most weeks in a series of sermons. And I didn't realize how long it really was until Eli and I were having a conversation last week. Eli's a part of Tunes.Kids. Barbara teaches on Sunday nights, and he loves it. They, Barbara does a great job. Melissa Meadows does a great job with them, uh, teaching them songs. And they've been learning a Ten Commandments song. Right, Barbara? And they've been learning the Ten Commandments song. Eli is singing it to me. And so we got done Sunday night, and like a good parent, we get home. So what did you do in Tunes.Kids tonight? To which Eli said, we sang the Ten Commandments song. And I said, well, what else you do? He said, Daddy, we are going to sing that song until you stop talking about the Ten Commandments. Right? Now, I'm sure that's not how you put it. Well, maybe it is how Barbara put it. But... The reason we're spending this much time is because they're foundational to life. So let's look at the, the, the commandment. What does it mean? It says, honor your father and your mother. Now, the word honor there is very interesting because it doesn't, I mean, we translate honor, that's a proper way to translate, but it literally means heavy or weighty. In fact, in the Old Testament, um, when someone is challenged by how much weight they are carrying, you know, that they're, how, how would you politically correctly say that? They're overweight, obese, uh, scale challenged. When someone is overweight, it says that they are weighty. They are heavy. Okay? It's the same word used here. Now, that doesn't mean that we're to think of our parents in that way. All right? What it means is that we are to give them respect. It it was a a term that meant, uh, outside of that, that we are to listen when they talk, that we are to understand what they're trying to say, that we are to respect who they are. The idea simply is that we are to take them seriously. Now, I want you to notice what it does not say here. It doesn't say obey. 
right? It says honor. There's a difference. Here's the difference. You can obey without honoring. I have told my children to do things before, and they have obeyed. But it wasn't necessarily in the right spirit. Parents, amen? Kids, you ever done that? Youth? No, absolutely not. We always obey, right? Exactly like what we You can obey without honoring, but you cannot honor without obeying. Obeying is just doing something. I mean, I have young children now, and so I could almost force them to obey. I mean, I, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, uh, I can argue better right now. I could almost force them to obey, but I can't force them to honor. And the idea here is that we are to show respect, that we are to show appreciation, that we are to listen attentively to what they say and then do what they want us to do. That's the idea between honoring our parents. Now, here's an interesting thing for the Old Testament. It says, honor your father and your mother. Now, for us, that's not a big deal. Of course, we honor our parents. There are a lot of scholars that try to say that the Ten Commandments is just putting together a bunch of stuff that was already around back then. But there's nowhere in any other writing where they give this much place of honor to the mom. And so what it's saying is your parents are wise. You ought to respect and listen. Now, the question is why? Why? Well, a couple of reasons. One is because they deserve it. Um, Bill Cosby used to watch the Cosby show growing up. Bill Cosby was a comedian that used to say this, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of it, right? Anybody ever heard that? Listen, Bill Cosby used to say that in a comedy. My dad used to say it. It was not comedy, all right? When, when Bill Cosby said it, I laughed. When dad said it, I ran, all right? There's two differences there. But the idea is they have taken care of you. Now, um, here's the thing you realize as you become a parent, is that when you are a parent and you're living as God has called you to live, your first thought and concern in life are your children. When we walk into a store now, I don't immediately think, ooh, I would like to have. I immediately think of what they need. And so as children, our parents deserve respect and honor just for the way that they provided for us. They deserve it because they are put there by God's authority. They also deserve it because they are symbols of the fact that God will have authority in our lives. I was actually uh, in between services uh, having a conversation, and someone made a good point just talking to me. that We weren't talking about the sermon, what was coming up. They just were talking about why it's important for children to obey parents is because we will always have authorities in our lives. We will always have people to whom we must respect and listen to and honor. Okay? Um, I, I don't know whether you know, but this week was Boss's Day. And uh, across the country, people celebrated Boss's Day. Now, I think they put Boss's Day on a Saturday. Official 
designation for Boss's Day is a Saturday, which just shows how we respect bosses, right? When people don't work, we honor them. But here's what I thought. No matter who you are in life, you always have a boss. There's always somebody in authority. Now, ultimately, we're talking about God, but as children, we need to understand the dynamic of authority placed above us. So it says, honor your father and your mother. It means to give them weight. It means to listen to them. It means to take care of them. It means all of those things. And so the question is, who is it for? Let me give you a a few groups of people that it's for, really four. First of all, it's for children. If you're under the age of 13, would you raise your hand here this morning? You're under the age of 13, all right? If you would like to be under the age of 13, would you raise your other hand? Now, if you're under the age of 13, no, you don't. No, you think If you're under the age of 13, let me tell you that this is for you. When it says honor your father and your mother, it means to listen to. It means to do what they say the first time. Children, it means that you ought to be a part of helping your mom and dad in life when they need it. It means pitching in around the house. It means doing exactly what they expect you to do. They love you. They care about you. They have your best interest in mind. So just honor them. Secondly, it's for teenagers. All right? Teenager here, raise your hand. That's 13 to 19, just in case your math's off a little bit. All right? Teenagers, it's for you. I know, and here's what I'm going to tell you, that being a teenager in this is the biggest challenge you can have because I know your parents don't know anything. They're clueless, they're unhip, they're not cool, they just don't understand. It wasn't like this when they were your age. They All of those things, right? But the truth is, they do have your best interest in mind. And I know it is frustrating when you don't get what you want, but Scripture tells you, tough. Do what Scripture says. Honor your mom and dad. God gave you the parents he gave you. Wasn't your choice. Some of you said exactly it wasn't my choice. Wasn't your choice. Honor them by listening to their perspective. Some of their warnings are very good. Try to do it without rolling eyes, sighing, grunting, Facebooking, tweeting. Just honor Young adults, 20 to 35 here. Raise your hand. Good. Here's what it means for you. Here's the amazing thing that happens when you turn 21. You suddenly realize your parents are smarter than you thought they were. Right? Uh, Mark Twain, way back, Mark Twain once said that when I turned 23, my parents matured by years. It's amazing. And in those time frames, between 20 and 35, you're making major life decisions. Generally, that's the age of time when you're uh, uh, thinking about marriage, when you're getting your first job, or, you know, you're making school choices, you're making decisions about kids, you're making decisions about careers, all of those things. Now, I'm not going to tell you just to take whatever your parents say at that age and just uh, engulf it and do exactly what they say because the relationship has changed. But the way that you honor them then is by listening to what they have to say, weighing it as a part of your life, and being able to discern 
the great things that they're telling you. It's a time to honor them in your uh, decision making. Now, here's what I want to tell you. 35 and under all has application for this verse. But this verse was primarily written to people over 35. Now, most people don't think that. They think, well, how nice of God to put a children's moment in the middle of the Ten Commandments, right? I mean, we've got those Ten Commandments. I mean, we're, we're next week we're going to get to the murder. I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss next week. You want to be here for the murder next week, all right? And then we're going to do murder and adultery and lying and stealing. You know, we get to the, all the good stuff in the you know, weeks ahead. So think, well, you know, you got all that stuff. You got the, the stuff before about God. It was really nice of God in the middle. Just kind of break things up and just put a little children's moment here. Well, that's not what the children's moment is about here. This is really written to adults in a society where they were expected to take care of their parents. And what it's saying is, from the moment you are born to the day that you die, you need to honor your parents. You need to be willing to do whatever it takes to help take care of them if it comes to that, to honor their decisions, to help them make good decisions if they turn to you for that. That as you grow older and they grow older, it is important for you to be a part of honoring them. Now, let me tell you this. That doesn't take the same form for everybody. It doesn't take the same form for everybody. Sometimes honoring parents means having them move in with you and taking care of them. Some of it means putting them in a place where they can take care of them more uh, better than you could. It means making sure that they're financially making good decisions. There are lots of things. Over the last um, few years, I was able to watch my mom honor her dad as he went into the later years of his life. And my grandfather, who was one of the godliest men I've ever known, turned into a, a little bit of a different man as he grew older. Just disease and things happened, and he would say stuff that didn't make sense, and he would say some stuff that he would have never have said before. And you just watch him as he grows up. And I watched my mom honor his legacy by helping to take care of him. And so if your parents are still alive, you need to honor them. The second thing is, if your parents have passed on, if your parents are no longer here, you need to honor the legacy they have left in the life that you now live. You need to honor who they are by the person you are. Now, here's why I think this particular commandment is put right here at number five, okay? is because it reminds us that the way we treat others is a direct understanding of how we live our lives, understanding who God is. What I think the Ten Commandments teach us is this. If you want to test your relationship with God, see how you treat other people. And the place that that starts is in your own family. It simply says, honor your mother, honor your father. It gives this little tagline at the end about you'll live long in the land that I've given you. And I'll just simply tell you this. I don't think that's a direct promise that if you honor your parents, you'll live a long time. What I think that he's telling the Israelites is if you honor your families and treat them well, then you will succeed as a nation in the land I'm about to give you. 
And for us, it's the best way to live. I want to close this morning by talking to a couple of groups of people. First of all, if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's all well and good. Sounds great. I know it's in the Bible, but my parents have made some terrible decisions. And they have hurt me. Maybe they've abused me. They've done things that have tried to direct me away from the Lord. And I just have a hard time honoring them. First of all, I would say to you that the Bible is not absent of dysfunctional families or bad parents. Um, We've done the read through the Bible this past year. And if you read the Bible, you just go read the book of Genesis. And there are more dysfunctional families in Genesis than you can imagine would be in the Bible. Um, Abraham and Sarah, who he decides that his wife looks too good, so he doesn't want everybody getting on to him, so he lies and says, he's, she's just my sister, it's not my wife. you got Noah and his daughters. You've got um, um, Jacob and Isaac competing all the time. Even get into the... Uh, some of the stories of ancient Israel, and you find the story of of Saul and Jonathan and David, where Saul is a terrible dad and tells Jonathan to go kill David. He also says, anybody that eats the next thing, I'm going to kill him, and Jonathan eats it. He says, you must die. It's just bad, bad parenting. David, even, the man after God's own heart, makes terrible decisions in parenting. And so I would say, if you're here and you say, well, how in the world do I honor parents who are dishonorable. The first thing I would say is that in your strength, there is absolutely no way that you can do any of this. So you turn it over to the Lord. You give it to Him and ask Him to show you a way to honor them. I think it's a major thing that has to happen is forgiveness has to become a part of your life. That whether you can accept it or not, forgiveness has to be a part. And then I would say this. Sometimes honoring your parents is not listening to their advice when their advice is contrary to biblical wisdom. So you don't put yourself in a situation where they're going to abuse you physically, mentally, emotionally, where they're going to use you for other things. But sometimes honoring them means stepping away from that relationship a little bit. Now, the ultimate goal is always reconciliation. Just to say this, even if your parents have been terrible, it doesn't excuse you from finding a way to live this out in your life. second group is, if you're a parent here today and you've got kids that have walked away, that have gone their own path, that have decided not to follow the Lord, and you say, man, I would love more than anything to have a relationship with them. And even as you talk about honoring your father and mother, in your mind it goes to being a mom or a dad and what's happened in that relationship. In similar ways, you turn it over to the Lord. You ask Him to find places in your heart that maybe you need to confess and move forward in. And you just trust Him with it. You make attempts to reconcile, always looking for the reconciliation to happen. The story of the prodigal dad or the prodigal son in the book of Luke shows that the dad never gave up hope. And if you're here today and you've had children to walk away, never give up hope. Always 
trust in the Lord to bring them back.